Oh, my God. 
minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Thank you. 
צריך להפנים, יש רצון חשוב, רק ככה גדלים באמת זה פשוט, רק ככה שווים אליך.
Dear listener, I'm so honored and privileged to present to you this album, Elevate, Aliyah. This album is dedicated in honor of my dear friend Yossi Kohn. Allah shalom. Yossi was a special, special neshama. Oh, he loved music. I felt the best way to dedicate and elevate Yossi's neshama is through music. This diverse collection of music from all kinds of backgrounds with eight different bands, everyone with their unique and special touch. Ah, Yosseleh. Leilu Nishmat, Yosef Yitzchak Isaac, Ben Rab Menachem Mendel, Allah Shalom.
guys. Good night, everybody. Thank you for coming to our concert. Oh, 
It's Masiba done by Yoni Z here on a uh, Wednesday morning broadcast. Whole list of great music we've been playing for you. Let's uh, go through that for a second. Uh, let's see. Before the Yoni Z selection, Simcha Liner's Shuvi. You heard Ritzon Barenu done by Barry Weber. Gavriel Pelkovitz and Hodul Hashem. Piamenta set from Yaakov Shweki's latest, Elevate. Solomon Brothers had the Nigun. Uh, Tamid Yeshiba and Zetov. A twofer on a Wednesday, believe it or not, from Mordechai Shapiro. <laughs> and Regesh, of course. Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Wednesday on this 22nd day of June. Day number 23 in the month of Sivan, the year 5782. Tufshin Pei Bays. It is a JM in the AM Wednesday with a reminder we have a full schedule today. Oh, Cantor Benny Rogoznitsky is going to call in. Uh, tomorrow night there's a big event commemorating the art site of uh, Cantor Yesela Rosenblatt. We'll talk a little bit about that. Go through a little bit of uh, cantorial history with Cantor Benny. So we'll have that for you uh, in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll also uh, check in with Nathan Diamond over at the OU. There's a... Uh, a plethora of uh, Supreme Court decisions that came out yesterday. We're going to pay special attention to one of them. We'll have that for you in the 7 o'clock hour this morning here at JM in the AM. Regards from uh, everybody up at Camp Missora. Not a lot of people up there yet, but I was up there yesterday, and Ari Katz and Dina Katz and uh, the entire upper staff, I believe, will be, uh, well, they'll be in camp between today and tomorrow, or between yesterday and today. Uh, and the campus looks as uh, beautiful as ever up in Guilford, New York. So a special shout-out to everybody at Missora. A, um, a special good luck to all the camps for this summer because I didn't realize that with the work shortages or labor shortages 
and the product and um, and material shortages, uh, summer camps, like so many other institutions and organizations, are going to have a very, very challenging summer. Not everything's going to be available. Let's put it that way. And I learned that yesterday. So we're wishing good luck to everybody. I was actually at a, diff- at a couple of uh, different camps yesterday uh, before the day ended. And um, it seems to be a theme. It seems to be a theme that uh, not everything is available. And certainly uh, uh, staff members, support staff, are, are a challenge as well during these times. Yeah, we're, li- we're living through some interesting times. That's for sure. Anyway, uh, best of luck to everybody in camp. Special hello to everybody in Camp Missora. We're in Guilford, New York. It's 57 degrees. Here in Teaneck, it's 66. Yerushalayim, it's 74. And here we are on a Wednesday at JM the AM. Um, oh, we could have some rain today, it looks like. Yeah, looks like we'll have some rain today. High today in Teaneck, 68 degrees. We're in our temporary space here in Teaneck, New Jersey. We're broadcasting here on a daily basis. Supply chain issues has actually uh, halted um, our recovery in the studio in Manhattan, which uh, suffered the fire back on March the 27th. Um, lots of work has been done. A lot of people have been asking, and I'm glad I can provide an update. Lots of work has been done, but uh, a couple of uh, last things in stage one can't be done yet because of supply chain issues. And hopefully that will be uh, worked out and reconciled relatively quickly. Hard to tell, frankly. People give you, you know, dates when certain things will be delivered and certain things will be available. And very often the dates don't mean much. So that's where we're at in terms of that at the moment. Big day tomorrow for us, by the way, here at JMDM because Rabbi Fass is going to join us from Nefesh Benefesh. Um... We'll see what uh, he has to say regarding uh, Aliyah over the next few months. You know how strong Aliyah has been over the last couple of years. And we'll get that full update from him tomorrow as we get to uh, very close to Parsha Shlach here in the diaspora. Of course, Parsha Shlach has already been read in Israel, but I'll save that whole conversation for tomorrow. <laughs> yesterday, yesterday we were talking about, uh, with Dan Mitzner, we were talking about the fact that in New York, the first primaries for the entire assembly and for governor is Tuesday. If you're a New York State resident, vote early or get ready to vote on Tuesday election day. Now, I'm trying to find out when the New Jersey primary is. Uh, that came up in discussion yesterday. Oh, look at this, 2022 election information for New Jersey. Um, primary election information. So the unofficial primary election results are in from back on the 9th of June. And uh, the candidates, well, this is a little bit confusing for me. have to learn how to read this. Um, let's see here. Primary election timeline. So according to this, in the state of New Jersey, um, oh, there are actually some deadlines right now. Well, they were in the last couple of weeks for certain positions. But it doesn't say here. Oh, yeah, it looks like they all took place already. All right. All right, I, I, th- that's what it seems like to me from, based on my very, very minimal research that the New Jersey primaries have already happened. If I'm incorrect about that and you're 
someone in the know here in New Jersey, let me know because uh, I am very curious about this, whether it's just applying, whether all these announcements that we're doing just applies to New York State or if, in fact, um, if, in fact, uh, in New Jersey and other states, there are primaries that are taking place in um, in in the in the upcoming months between now and November the eighth. But based on what I'm looking at, it seems that everything primary wise has been done already in this state. And again, if I'm wrong, let me know. JM and the AM, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, don't forget, Yossi Zweig has a Thursday, Thursday, has a Wednesday live lunch today. Yossi Zweig has a Wednesday live lunch today. That's going to be coming up starting at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time, a Wednesday live lunch. Again, that's coming up at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time until 1 o'clock. Yossi Zweig with a Wednesday live lunch. It's available on a bunch of platforms, and we're proud to have it here at the Nahum Siegel Network. So make sure to be tuned in all day long for amazing music and programming. That's what we're all about. And I appreciate you listening in to JM and the AM on this Wednesday morning. There are times when we are forced to go above and beyond to get involved for our communities, our families, and our future. If you see what's happening in New York, you know these are those times. New York needs leadership that puts public safety and common sense policies at the forefront. We are fortunate to have that leader in Assemblyman Jeffrey Dinowitz. In the New York State Assembly, he has fought for middle-class tax cuts, been an advocate for safe neighborhoods, and secured funding for our communities and nonprofits. Assemblyman Dinowitz has also been an outspoken voice against the rising anti-Semitic rhetoric in our politics. That's why it's crucial that our community comes out to vote for Assemblyman Dinowitz this election day. His socialist opponent has promised to defund the police, wants to raise taxes, and has aligned with anti-Semitic movements. This June 28th, let's ensure our community votes as one voice. We can't afford any less. Vote Jeffrey Dinowitz for the New York State Assembly. Paid for and authorized by Common Sense New Yorkers, Jeff Leb, Treasurer. Communication was not expressly authorized or requested by any candidate or by any candidate's political committee or any of its agents. Hava soilo, base you throw a lamco. Yeah. 
It's uh, Filu Echad done by uh, Baruch Levine here on a JM in the AM broadcast. Uh, before that, hang on a second. There we go. Before that, um, Duvado with Avas Olam. You heard Miss Siba done by Yoni Z. Avrami uh, tells me by text that in addition to all the election craziness, which, you know, we know that there's a brand new election day in Israel, October the 25th. Aside from all that, uh, there's a teacher's strike going on in Israel. Uh, right now as the school year is winding down. 
Uh, today's school, at least for our Rummy's family, was canceled altogether. He says it's something about a low salary dispute, or a salary dispute, I guess we should say. And apparently an effort to change the school year to one month in the summer and then full months for the month of Pesach, the Chagim. Um, so that's interesting. Let's hope that works out in some way, shape, or form. But the teachers' disputes or strikes from the uh, teachers, I guess we'd call it union, not anything unusual over in Israel. Israel's incoming interim prime minister, Zair Lapid, October the 25th is election day. What will the election look like? What does this mean for those who used to be prime minister? Who knows? <laughs> we'll be following this story very quickly, or I should say very carefully. Um, a reminder that uh, Nathan Diamond is going to join us. We're going to talk about the uh, one of the Supreme Court decisions from yesterday. He'll join us here at JM in the AM. Um, the Orthodox Union, for whom Nathan, you know, has been working all these years, uh, has applauded publicly the U.S. Supreme Court decision requiring school aid programs to include religious schools. So we'll speak with him about that, find out if this was a surprise or if this was a an expected Supreme Court decision. It was the Carson versus Macon and the um, majority of six to three, the majority opinion was authored by Chief Justice Roberts. The brand new book, Barbie Nachman Seltzer, is out. We'll discuss that coming up. Later on today, the life of Yasela Rosenblatt through the uh, discussion with Cantor Benny Rogoznitsky. The yard side is this coming Friday. The big concert is tomorrow night. Cantor Benny's going to join us coming up in the 8 o'clock hour here at JM in the AM. It's an amazing story, the story of Kent Yusla Rosenblatt. We've told it before, but it's worth reviewing, especially for those of you who love being part of a people that's represented well. He represented us really, really well. Galit Sal, the background. Galit Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a uh, Wednesday follows next. We say Boker Toe from JM in the AM. ולייצר מירושלים השעה שתיים, שלום רב, באולפן רן יבנאי עם מה שקורה עכשיו. ישראל בדרך לבחירות, מליאת הכנסת אישרה לפני שעה קלה בקריאה טרומית את הצעת החוק להתפזרות הכנסת. שנה ועשרה בעד, אין מתנגדים, ההצעה עברה. הצעת החוק תועבר או לוועדת חוקה או לוועדת הכנסת. יושב ראש ועדת הכנסת ניר אורבך צפוי לעכב את קידום החוק כדי לנסות ולהקים ממשלה חלופית בכנסת הנוכחית. ובקואליציה יעשה ניסיון להעביר את הדיון על הצעת החוק לוועדת החוקה בראשות חבר הכנסת קריב ממפלגת העבודה על מנת לזרז את התהליך. חבר הכנסת דודי אמסלם מהליכוד אמר אצל אמיר איבגי בגלי צה"ל נקים ממשלה חלופית רק אם הליכוד יחזיק בתיק המשפטים. אם נתניהו חושב שאפשר להקים ממשלה חלופית היום בכנסת הנוכחית, יש לה תנאי אחד. התנאי הוא שהליכוד מקבל את תיק המשפטים ועורך רפורמה במערכת המשפט וזה מקרין גם על הזהירות היהודית וגם על המשילות. ולא... אז עדיף שהם יישארו, ולא, בוודאי אנחנו מתקדמים ללכת לבחירות. ושר המשפטים גדעון סער תקף במליאת הכנסת, אם גוש נתניהו יגיע ל-61 חברי כנסת, הם יחליפו את המשטר בישראל. זאת תוכנית העבודה של הגוש הזה, 
אם חס וחלילה יגיע לרוב של 61 בבחירות דמוקרטיות, הנה זו תוכנית העבודה. פוליטיזציה טוטלית, הרס הרשות השופטת כרשות עצמאית, ובעצם תהיה רשות אחת במדינת ישראל, יותר נכון ראש אחד. חבר הכנסת מאזן רנאים מראה מאשים בריאיון ליעל דן ויניר קוזין את סיעת ימינה ואומר התנגדותי לחוק התקנות ביהודה ושומרון לא הובילה לנפילת הממשלה. מי שאשם זה ימינה, אם זה שיקלי ואם זה עידית סילמן ואם זה ניר אורבך שעזב את המרכז והלך לצפון לנופש. ואמרתי במידה והחוק הזה יעלה עוד הפעם אני הולך להצביע נגד. אתה חושב שאנשי רע"מ יתנכלו לך במרוץ לעיריית סכנין? כלומר לא יתמכו בך? אני סומך על אנשי העיר שלי שאני באמת שייך אליהם ולכן עליהם רק אני סומך. בית המשפט המחוזי בתל אביב קבע כי יעקב כהן שלקח חלק באירוע הלינץ' בבת ים במהלך מבצע שומר החומות וחלל תקיפה של אזרח ערבי ירצה 15 חודשי מאסר מיום העבירה וישתחרר בימים הקרובים מהכלא. בנוסף לכך ישלם לקורבן פיצוי בסך 5,000 שקלים. כתבתנו חנה אחימאיר מוסיפה כי עניינו הוחרג משאר המעורבים בפרשה משום שהודה בעבירות המיוחסות לו ולא תכנן להשתתף בלינץ' מלכתחילה, אלא חשב שמדובר בפיגוע דריסה. המשך העלייה בתחלואת הקורונה, אתמול אובחנו למעלה מ-10,000 נדבקים חדשים, מספר החולים במצב קשה עלה ל-190 בני אדם. ממונה הקורונה, פרופסור סלמן זרקא, אמר לפני שעה קלה, אנחנו לא מתכננים כרגע הגבלות וממליצים על מסכות בחללים סגורים. אנחנו לא בוחנים הגבלות, גם לא בוחנים סגרים, ואין שום המלצה מקצועית גם לפעולות כאלה בגל הנוכחי. עדיין נוכל להמשיך באורח החיים שלנו. כולל לתכנן חופשה בחו"ל או בארץ, אנחנו שבים ומבקשים מכל הציבור. אין דרך אחרת. חייבים מסכות במקומות סגורים. מדבריו הביאה כתבתנו לענייני בריאות, טלאור מאירסון. מזג האוויר למחר, עלייה קלה נוספת בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
That's Simcha Liner with Milmala here at JM in the AM. Well, I got to thank uh, listener Ralph, supporter Ralph, chairman Ralph. Of course, he always comes through for me. Uh, he tells us on the app that the primary election was already held June 9th in New Jersey. All the states have different days, depending on what the legislature decides. So, yeah, in Jersey, the next big day is Election Day. In New York, of course, as we've been telling you, 28th of June, New York State, the entire state. And I was driving through New York State yesterday. There's a lot of election campaign signs everywhere. Uh, 28th of June, this coming Tuesday, the governor and the assembly. 23rd of August, the uh, the um, Senate and uh, the members of the United States House of Representatives. That's how it's working. Then, of course, Election Day is coming up on the 8th of November. I believe it's November 8th, if I'm not mistaken. Find my poll site. Find my poll site dot vote dot NYC if you're a New York State resident. I believe it works for New York State as well. It certainly works for New York City. Find my poll site .vote .nyc. All right, and thanks to those who have been uh, commenting on the app. <laughs> Listener Tikva says, I knew you'll you'll interview her by fast tomorrow. Yeah, we, we're glad we were able to nail him down. And he'll join us, please God, tomorrow morning in the 8 o'clock hour. Talk about Parsha Schlach and a whole bunch of other stuff. It's been a while since we've spoken to him. I don't know, if we have we spoken to him since we were displaced? I don't even know. I don't remember. I have a feeling we did. I think we had one conversation, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's a good friend, Rabbi Fass. Uh, there were two, three. There are two I could think of immediately. Maybe there was, uh, maybe there were one or two more. There were a couple of people who showed up to my apartment uh, within uh, 24 hours of the fi- of the fire that destroyed our studio. Um people I consider to be real friends and um, and he was one of them he was here in the US I think for a day and he made his made it his business to make sure to come visit me which was amazing but anyway um, so a big big uh, a big thank you to uh, Rabbi Fass and a uh, lot of anticipation for him joining us tomorrow please God here at JM in the AM Trucker Yitz says good morning USA good afternoon Israel good night Australia and a pleasant day everybody worldwide that's listening to the network all day long we haven't heard from our friends in Australia in a while if you're in Australia let us know you're out there that's always cool for us and listener Tikva of course says shalom from Israel um yeah, anyway, let us know. Let us know that you're out there. That's important to us, of course. Uh, Nathan Diamond coming up. We also mentioned that Cantor Benny's going to be joining us this morning. We'll talk about the Usla Rosenblatt yard site, the event that's going on uh, tomorrow night. Lots of anticipation for that. I got to take a minute. I got to take a minute to um, 
to let everyone know that we have the brand new Rabbi Nachman Seltzer book in hand. The Zera Shimshon Ashes Chayel, the Safer, the Stories, the Skula, with selections from Safer Zera Shimshon, the classic Safer by the uh, 18th century Rav, or by Shimshon Chaim Nachmani. And I am anxious to speak with Rabbi Seltzer about Ashes Chayel and about Zera Shimshon. And we're going to do that. We're going to schedule it here at JM and AM. But I must, and, and, and kudos to our friends at Artscroll. And I'm sure if I have it already, certainly uh, the book is available online. Go to artscroll.com. Always use promo code radio. No matter what you're getting from the thousands of titles from Artscroll, you get your uh, discount, major discount, and free shipping on any amount if you use promo code radio. So you know the rule. Always use promo code radio for artscroll.com. But on the back of the, of the jacket, uh, for this brand new book by Seltzer, uh, it has a a section which is not uncommon for Art Scroll to have a section entitled "Popular Titles by Nachman Seltzer." They do that for a lot of authors, especially those who've written books before. There are twenty nine images, twenty nine images on the back cover, twenty nine images. Rabbi Seltzer is amazing and proficient and prolific in his writing. He's also great on the air. We'll get to speak to him, please God, next week. Uh, regarding the brand new book, but is that amazing? Is that incredible? Uh, as someone like myself is trying to uh, see if he could ever get one book out, <laughs> Rabbi Seltzer is uh, is getting dozens out um, uh, in his career, which is really really incredible. Anyway, the brand new one is out. Go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. Go to artscroll.com. Use promo code radio and check out the Exalted Moments book by Rabbi Besser. That'll enhance your Shabbos as well. That I can guarantee you. As we uh, and if you missed the interview last week, check out the archives. Um, great conversation with Ryan Besser about the brand new book. More coming up. It's a JM in the AM Wednesday morning broadcast here at uh, our studios in Teaneck, New Jersey. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN Nahum Single Network app for and for Android and iPhone and comment away. And um, as we said, we'll uh, speak to Nathan Diamond coming up. A, a, an important Supreme Court decision. He'll explain why it's so important right here at JM in the AM.
ואת אותי עוטפת, כמו שמיכה חמה, בלילה קר נותנת לי סיבה, לקום ולקבל את מה שיש, ויש הרבה. וכך עוברים ימינו, וכך גם לילותינו, כמו רוח שעוברת בשדות. אנחנו מתפזרים, ואז חוזרים, אז די! למה לי זה? למה זה משנה? מי צודק ומי טועה?
Okay, done by Yossi Newman with Nachas here at JM in the AM. More coming up. Keep it here at JM in the AM. Times when we are forced to go above and beyond to get involved for our communities, our families, and our future. If you see what's happening in New York, you know these are those times. New York needs leadership that puts public safety and common sense policies at the forefront. We are fortunate to have that leader in Assemblyman Jeffrey Dinowitz. In the New York State Assembly, he has fought for middle-class tax cuts, been an advocate for safe neighborhoods, and secured funding for our communities and nonprofits. Assemblyman Dinowitz has also been an outspoken voice against the rising anti-Semitic rhetoric in our politics. That's why it's crucial that our community comes out to vote for Assemblyman Dinowitz this election day. His socialist opponent has promised to defund the police, wants to raise taxes, and has aligned with anti-Semitic movements. This June 28th, let's ensure our community votes as one voice. We can't afford any less. Vote Jeffrey Dinowitz for the New York State Assembly. Paid for and authorized by Common Sense New Yorkers, Jeff Leb, Treasurer. Communication was not expressly authorized or requested by any candidate or by any candidate's political committee or any of its agents.
JM in the AM. That's the uh, Negun Waltz here uh, from Zusha featuring Eitan Katz. Yossi Newman before that with AOK. You heard Shacha Mohana with Lama Lize and Milmala was uh, Simcha Liner to open up the 7 o'clock hour here at JM in the AM. Nathan Diamond's going to join us. There was an important Supreme Court decision yesterday, which we're going to discuss coming up here at JM in the AM. Don't forget Yossi Zweig has a... Um, Wednesday live lunch happening starting at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Wednesday live lunch starts 11 a.m. Eastern time. Get ready for that. Um, that goes from 11 until 1. All right, so keep that in mind. More coming up here at JM in the AM. We're going to do one of my favorites. Someone was discussing uh, Diaspora with me the other day. And... Um, can't ever forget the couple of reunions of the Diaspora Yeshiva Band. Here's a piece from one of them at JM in the AM.
Diaspora and Hafachta. I was literally just having a conversation with someone about that selection. Zusha before that with the Nigun Waltz here at JM in the AM. Want to thank Chairman Ralph, who's tuned in from Israel. Yeah, he'll be back eventually, don't worry. <laughs> Listener Klein says, this song takes 30 years off. Good memories. Thanks for playing. You got it. By the way, I mentioned the other day that when Listener Ralph gets back, that when Chairman Ralph gets back to New Jersey, we're going to be celebrating his birthday at Giddy's. You may have heard me mention that. Anybody who wants to join us for that birthday lunch, let me know. Nachum at NachumSiegel.com. We'll see if you're eligible. <laughs> I know at least one person expressed interest in being there. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We say, Vahasr Satan Milfaneno Umeacharenu. In the evening prayer, we say, remove the adversary from before us and from behind us. What exactly are we asking for? The war with the Sahara, with the evil inclination, is on two fronts. One, before a person sins, and the second is after the individual has sinned. Before the sin, the Yetzer comes and tries to explain to a person, you're not important. You're not an individual that's exalted. And because of that, you're not going to have any influence over other people. You don't have to worry about it. You can do whatever you want. It's not so bad if you will sin. And the Yetzer brings a person to try to be over, to transgress many sins. After the person has sinned, the Yetzer comes and tells a different story. Then he says, Do you know how bad it was what you've done? Do you know the evil that you've committed in the world? It is impossible for you ever to right that wrong, ever for you to rectify what you have done. And because of that, he begins to tell the person that he has no hope and that he is so evil, no matter what he's going to do, is not going to make up for what he's already done. That's the way that the Yetzer, according to the pre-Tzaddik, tries to control our lives, both before we sin and after a person sins, when in truth there is tshuva, there is repentance for every avera, for every transgression in this world, whether it's before or whether it's after. One should never lose hope. No matter where a person is in this entire world, Hashem will seek them out if they wish to do tshuva. As we say in the Parsha, Misham, from there, from wherever it's at, Hashem will come 
and gather you together. And therefore we pray in the evening, Behasha Satan, remove this adversary, Milfonenu, from before us, Umeacharenu, and from after us. Approximately two weeks ago, a man made an appointment to meet with me. He told me that he himself has not been observant for over five years. We got to talking, and I asked him, why is it that now he became motivated? He told me the following, that for the five years he was troubled by thoughts of what he did, of the gravity of his sins, of how he went off. He was so down that it kept him from even going to shul on Yom Kippur. However, just about three weeks ago, he ran into his Rebbe, who he had as a child. The Rebbe was overjoyed to see him and gave him a hug. The man said, you don't know. All the feelings that I thought I had lost came back to me just meeting that great Rebbe. Bez Hashem, may we all be inspired and touched during this time to do Tshuva Shlema. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. in the A.M. on a Wednesday morning broadcast. Nathan Diamond is with us. He is the executive director for the Orthodox Union Advocacy Center. And many of you are aware of the fact that there were many Supreme Court decisions that came out yesterday. One of them, very important to our community. And Nathan Diamond is frankly an expert at a lot of this, but certainly regarding the Supreme Court ruling of yesterday. Nathan Diamond, a pleasure to welcome you back to J.M. in the A.M. Thank you, Nachum. Good morning. It's always great to be with you. Appreciate that. The OU, the nation's largest Orthodox Jewish umbrella organization, has officially applauded the United States Supreme Court's ruling declaring unconstitutional the state of Maine's policy that prohibits parents from using state tuition assistance payments at religious high schools. The ruling is in the case of Carson versus Macon, with the majority opinion 6-3, to three, authored by Chief Justice Roberts. Nathan Diamond, was this a surprise or was this expected? Uh, given the current makeup of the court, I would say it was not a surprise. Uh, we were pretty confident, um, that the court was going to go our way. Also in light of, uh, this is the third time in five years that the Supreme court has been addressing this kind of issue, this category of issue about can, can government programs, government funding programs choose to exclude religious institutions if they otherwise qualify. What happened the first so two is, times around? So the first time uh, did not involve schools. It involved a, a program in Missouri uh, in which the state provided money to make safety improvements to children's playgrounds. And a church applied for that money. And Missouri said, we won't give you that money because you're a church. Right. And the Supreme Court there, actually seven to two, uh, said, you can't do that. You can't, you know, the church is qualified and there's nothing religious about making playgrounds safe. So, um, so you have to give them the money. Then, uh, more then the second case, uh, was an education case from Montana. They have a, they have a, a, a state tax credit, uh, that incentivizes people to give money to, to scholarship school scholarship funds. And Montana said, you can't take the money from those scholarship funds to go to religious schools. And the Supreme Court struck that down. Um, but that might have been a little bit different than the case for Maine because that was 
that was done through a tax credit, and it wasn't the government directly spending the money. So that brought us to this case in which Maine has large areas of its state, rural areas where they don't have public schools. They right. don't. It doesn't pay for them to build public schools. So in those rural areas, they give money to the parents, and they say, go send your kids to a private school. Right. Oh, but not a religious private school. <laughs> right. um, so, so here, the, again, the, the, so the court continued this line of cases and said, you can't do that. That's, that's discriminating. And, and so the key thing here is, unlike the playground safety and unlike the Montana tax uh, credit structure, this is the government basically directly funding religious education. There is a parental choice involved, but it's basically the government directly funding religious education um, within the framework of a broader program that is not specifically about funding religion. Right. Nathan Diamond is with us. All right, so you know what? I mean, there are a couple of things here that uh, we're curious about. One uh, is what every parent now wants to know. How does this affect uh, their own tuition payments? How does this affect the way uh, yeshivas are able to operate in terms of being funded uh, with government money at this point? Does it apply to all 50 states? How does it work legally? What can you tell us about how this practically applies to our families? Sure. So first of all, because it's a United States Supreme Court decision, it's the law of the land from Alaska to Florida and everywhere in between. (laughs) Um, um, And and what what the the principle that it stands for is that if the government decides in the education space or frankly in any other space that it's going to do things, it's going to it's going to give out money or fund things, not through government agencies. Right. But somehow outside, which governments often do. It can't say, but not religious. Um, so, but going to the education and going to the education context, um, this dovetails very well with a lot of things that we at OU Advocacy and our Teach Coalition partners have done at the state level. You know, in New York, for example, um, where where we started a program a few years ago in which New York State is funding math and science teachers at non-public schools. This absolutely solidifies that as being constitutional, right? The, the New York state decides we're paying for math and science teachers. They can, at non-public schools. They can't say, but not the religious schools. Right. Um, or similarly in New Jersey, right? If New Jersey is going to provide school nurses to all schools, including non-public schools, they can't say, but not the religious schools. Um, now to be clear, uh, you know, chief justice Roberts in his opinion actually says, you know, the state still has a choice as to whether or not it's going to fund non-public schools. The state could say, we only fund public schools. We don't do anything in the private school space. But once the state decides to do, to do something in the private school space, it cannot exclude religious schools. Interesting. So once they've drifted into the private school arena, everybody is included. It's as simple as that. Right. Right. Uh, otherwise, and now it's you know this this now turns this now turns our efforts uh, not that we haven't been there already again to the to the you know advocacy to you know the political branches the governors the legislatures Congress um, to expand those areas where um, the government is doing things in the non-public space right you and right. I talked I think uh, six months ago about a new program we created. Uh, at the federal level, which we're still waiting for them to implement, but um, 
a program to provide grants to nonprofit institutions to make their buildings more energy efficient. Right. Right. If somebody said, oh, that's great, but synagogues and churches can't get those grants because they're religious. Right. This Supreme Court decision says, no, 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 that's not right. You have a program here that's helping nonprofits. You can't say only secular nonprofits. Right. Nathan Diamond speaking to us about one of yesterday's Supreme Court decisions. Uh, Now, in the headline of the OU's press release on this decision, uh, again, the OU applauding the decision, which we understand and certainly appreciate, uh, the quote is, this is the culmination of decades of determined advocacy. And you just alluded to that uh, a few minutes ago in terms of the uh, work that's been done over all these decades. How would you describe the progression from the beginning of this process till now, were were, were we facing uh, a uh, and again, assuming on the, uh, working on the assumption that everybody is happy with this decision, who's listening? Were we working? <laughs> were we working? Uh, you know, an upstream battle decades ago because the court was you know had a certain makeshift, or because the, there was a general atmosphere in this country against drifting into that private school arena as you described earlier? Are we just in a a different time now, or all the advocacy, all the efforts over? all these decades has shifted uh, the minds and opinions of so many over that period of time? Well, that's a great question. And what's, what's interesting is I, I would actually say there are sort of two tracks uh, or streams to answer your question. One is what was going on, you know, in the, in the world of the Supreme court and its, and its decisions and advocacy. And one actually was what was going on in the Jewish world. Um, and so in the Supreme court, um, you know, in the, in the sixties and seventies, you really had, you know, what, what was called the Warren Court, when Earl Warren was the chief justice, and they made, there was a lot of liberal progressive decisions. They really uh, embraced this notion of, they characterized it as, you know, we have to have a wall of separation between church and state. Right. And while, while it was never an absolute 100% rule, there were always exceptions, that was really, you know, the, the framing of the Supreme Court. And you had them, stre- I mean, New York once. New York in the 60s passed a program um, to provide schools with private schools with money to uh, to maintain or make repairs to their buildings. And in 1969 or so, the Supreme Court struck that down. Um, And you had a whole bunch of cases like that in the 60s and 70s. Um, But then there was a turn in the 80s and the 90s and now, you know, sort of culminating in the last decade in in the Supreme Court saying, "No, no, no, you know what? It's not the. The First Amendment, uh, where it says the government cannot, quote-unquote, establish religion, that's, that should not mean the government has to disfavor religion. Right. The government has to be neutral, and we've shifted much more back to that. But the other interesting track was going on in the Jewish community. In the 60s and 70s, and even more recently, um, you had you know, national Jewish organizations like the Anti-Defamation League, like the American Jewish Congress, um, that were really seen as the the voices of the American Jewish community, and they were the, at the front line of pushing for this strict separation of church and state and no government funding for religious institutions under any circumstances. And uh, I actually might write an essay about this. If you look at the historical record, there was really a break uh, uh, going back to the seventies. This is where you know uh, pioneers of Orthodox Jewish advocacy like Nathan Lewin, like Marvin Schick, like Moshe Scherer at A Good of Israel, they, they, they really realized, like, this is not serving our community and this is not serving our values. And they broke away, so to speak, from 
what was the establishment secular American Jewish view about this separation of church and state and started us down this road in which um, the OU was a participant as well and is now a leader of this more accommodating approach well, based- and is now culminated, you know, in this, in these kinds of rules. Yeah. Based on the time, based on the personalities you just mentioned, we are talking in fact about decades. It's no exaggeration when you talk, exactly. about, talk about decades long advocacy and that we've been able to, to reach this point. Uh, and I think there was exactly. a hesitation. I mean, again, uh, politics aside and party lines aside, I think there was a hesitation, uh, even among those who wanted to um, uh, to see uh, you know more of a cooperation of government uh, with the you know the private school system uh, in those days, there was a hesitation because there was a, a a certain level of discomfort of going to Washington and advocating for it, and I think that that also has dissipated over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. Now, uh, based on a tweet that I saw, or at least one of the tweets that uh, <laughs> popped up um, uh, when I Googled your name this morning, uh, it seems that you and Maury Litwack, uh, who has also been a leader in this area, as you mentioned, um, uh, have actually uh, uh, written a uh, an op-ed about all of this that happened yesterday in the Supreme Court. Tell us the theme. It, I mean, uh, I would assume a lot of it is the same messaging that you're giving us this morning, but tell us the theme of that uh, article, please. Yeah, so a, a lot of that is what I just mentioned from sort of a legal analysis, but but one of the other themes of this is that uh, for a broader audience is to realize that this is a cause, um, you know, what I would call the fair treatment of religion. Right. This is a cause that actually unites us with other faith communities. Right. Um, this, the, the, the advocacy effort I just described was not done, certainly not done by the Orthodox community in isolation. Um, there have, it's, it, it's, you know, it's been in partnership with Catholics and Mormons and Sikhs and some Muslims and evangelicals. And um, while there's obviously a liberal secular coalition on the other side, right. um, people should also realize that besides the legal details, this has actually been a bridge-building effort. Um, uh, and one that that again we we will continue to work uh, uh, we will continue to work on in in the legislative advocacy to uh, to expand these programs as well. Right. You know, I I know that this is not um, exactly the same because they're really they're multi tracks also in terms of you know funding in terms of the efforts that teach and you know organizations and 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 you know other religious groups as you mentioned you know undertake and then there's the whole legal piece which is what we're discussing this morning. So I know that they don't always cross paths, but the reality is that for those who question the value of advocating for everything that we're discussing this morning, for those who wondered whether it's worth going to Washington or whether it's worth the years-long process of trying to get uh, funding from the government in a fair way to private schools the same way they fund public schools I mean I you know I, I would say I wouldn't say the jury's out on that one I would I would say the jury's back in and it's an overwhelming decision that in fact all these efforts were really worthwhile yeah yeah look you need <laughs> You need a lot of patience in this business. Yeah, um, my God. But, but, but I, way, never, I, never, I never saw this much patience being necessary. You know, it's funny because... But to highlight it... I'm sorry. No, I was going to say... Highlight it yeah. even more, to yeah. highlight it even more, I mean, the fact that um, just a couple of years ago, right, when we were working on the... When we were in the depths of the COVID pandemic and shutdowns and people were wonder, you know, Congress, uh, remarkably... Uh, you know, acted to allocate billions and billions and billions of dollars 
um, to keep businesses afloat um, and the like. And we, as you know, as we discussed, like we worked on these pandemic packages to make sure that nonprofit organizations, including religious ones, would be able to get the PPP loans and be able to access these other emergency things. Um, and I'll tell you, like, it's obviously that was before the Supreme Court ruling, but, but there wasn't even like, I mean, if, if that had been going on 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I, I know I would have had to have debates and answer questions from various senators and congressmen of like, wait a second, how do we do this? How is this constitutional? The government's going to pay salaries. Forget about math and science teachers. Effectively, the government's paying salaries of religious teachers at day schools. Like, can we do that even in an emergency? It wasn't even a question. It wasn't even a question. It wasn't even a debate. Um, and, and, and that shows how we've sort of, yes, it was an emergency situation, obviously, but you know, we've, we've shifted the law, we've shifted, but uh, to go to, 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 to touch on how you framed your question earlier, there has been a change in the perspective. You will still have the ACLU, you know, quoted in today's papers saying, this is absolutely terrible. It's tearing down the wall of separation of church and state and so on and so on and so forth. They are, that, that is a much more, um, minority and isolated view than even the view of, you know, what I'll call sort of mainstream liberal Democrats. Right. Very interesting. Uh, I'll tell you, that pandemic, it, it came at an interesting time. It's not just virtual learning that would have been very different 10 years earlier, but uh, but also uh, decisions on funding would have likely, as you just pointed out, been very different 10 mm-hmm. years earlier. Very, very interesting. Uh, all right, those of you who are just tuning in, uh, the, uh, the uh, Supreme Court decisions of yesterday included at least one uh, of note to our community. Uh, and as we said, the uh, OU, the Orthodox Union, really has summed it up. Uh, by saying this is a culmination of decades of determined advocacy and applauding the U.S. Supreme Court decision requiring school aid programs to include religious schools. Once you get into that private school category, now religious schools, according to the Supreme Court, must be uh, accommodated as well. Nathan Diamond, uh, our guest, he uh, the executive director of the Orthodox Union Advocacy Center. Uh, I guess we could say mazel tov to you because I guess this is a really important step uh, you know, for, for a uh, situation that you've been at the forefront of uh, for so many years. So we're going to say congratulations and applaud you and your efforts the same way the OU has applauded the Supreme Court decision. Well, thank you. I'll say it's mazel tov to all of us. And and again, this uh, this uh, for those out there to again pick up on something you you said importantly uh, earlier, Nachum. This is another you know uh, motivation. I hope yeah. for for your listeners to make sure they're involved in the advocacy efforts of the OU of Teach Coalition. Um, and of other causes, frankly, that they care about for the community and for their families, um, at, at times in which uh, there, there, there is <laughs> there is evidence that our political system, uh, uh, you know, has some problems. Right. Um, but uh, but but nonetheless, um, you know, people need to get involved, and people can get stuff done. And um, you know, it's 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 important to do. No question about it. Nathan, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Great to speak with you as always. Nathan Diamond, big Supreme Court decision yesterday. Love getting his analysis and reaction. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM.
לגשת ללב שלי, משכך כל כאב שבי, מרפא את הלב. הלב שלי נקרע לשניים, חציו לשם וחציו לשם שמיים. כמו סופה מן הים עולם, כמו תופעה של מרים פועה, ואין תרופה בעולם ללב. ורק אתה יכול להפוך מזבדי למחול, לזכך את החול, לרכך בי הכל. ורק אתה מבין איך לגשת ללב שלי. משכך כל כיף שבי, מרפא את Yishai Rebo, Halev Shali, here at JMNAM. Michal Przanski before that with uh, Mitzvah Haba on a, uh, what is today? Wednesday morning broadcast. Tomorrow, by the way. Um, tomorrow, by the way, uh, Rabbi Yoshua Fass, Rabbi Josh Fass. He will be our guest in the 8 o'clock hour. Parsha Shlach coming up in the diaspora. This coming Shabbos, and our tradition, of course, is to have, have, have everybody fast on, discuss the Parsha, etc. That'll happen tomorrow right here at um, JM in the AM. Uh, if you're interested in being at the, um, at the Ralph Rosenbaum Milestone Birthday Lunch, which we still don't know when that's going to be, but it'll be at Giddy's down in East Brunswick, and let me know, nachom at nachomsegal.com. <laughs> and... Um, 
Oh, someone asked, does this ruling, someone on the app asked if the ruling has a uh, more of a, an, a well, if, does it really mean that the government will have more of a say in curriculum? Oh, that's a good question I should have asked Nathan Diamond. How did I not think about that? Uh, anyway, hopefully next time we'll uh, explore all of that. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world. The web at AlchemSegal.com and the AlchemSegal Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app. By the way, this upcoming segment sponsored by our friends at Kedem. Why? Because, well, I mean, Kedem has been one of our main supporters and sponsors for decades, and I can't thank them enough. I don't know if a day goes by where one of their products is not mentioned on our network. And, of course, we do interviews and features and uh, and uh, regular sponsorships of shows, et cetera, et cetera. So thank you, thank you to our friends at Royal Wine Kedem and especially the Herzog family. But the reason that they are uh, uh, unofficially or officially sponsoring this next conversation is because there are so many Yesela Rosenblatt fans uh, at the Kedem company, especially our dear friend Yaichi Herzog. So um, we are insisting <laughs> that, they, that they officially be the sponsor of this conversation. Cantor's World presents Remembering the King of Cantors, Yesela Rosenblatt's 89th birthday. Excuse me, Yesela Rosenblatt's 89th yard site. His 89th yard site passed away in 1933. is being commemorated tomorrow night, Thursday, 8 p.m. at Congregation Hassam Sofer, a congregation we know well. On Clinton Street on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, cantors who will be appearing include cantors Mutti Boyer, Arya Horowitz, uh, Pinya Steinwurzel, uh, A.T. Friedman, Yechezko Brecher, and Nisim Sal. I hope everyone's, everyone's name pronounced correctly. And it's all happening tomorrow night. Cantors World is uh, presenting it. And with us live via telephone is the one and only Cantor Benny Rogoznitsky, who's going to help us not only talk about the event, uh, but uh, talk a little bit about the great Yassela Rosenblatt as well. As I mentioned earlier, if you're a fan of Kiddush Hashem, you've got to be a fan of Cantor Yassela Rosenblatt. Simple as that. And the yard site is this Friday, and we were asked to to do something for the yard site this Friday, but because the event is tomorrow night, we figured we'd do it in advance of the event, hence Cantor Benny's appearance and during the Arab Shabbos show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem tomorrow night with Mark Zambic. He certainly is going to include at least one Yassela Rosenblatt piece in commemoration of the yard site, as we likely will do on Friday as well. Cantor Benny Rogoznitsky, Cantor at the Parky Synagogue. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. Good morning to you and all the listeners. I can't even imagine how many times you and I have spoken about Yosela Rosenblatt, but it, all of this bears repeating, frankly. He was such a legend and so incredible. Before we talk about the Kiddush Hashem piece and representing the Jewish people well piece, and before we talk about tomorrow night's event, can you can you put into words why he ended up being the Babe Ruth of Cantors? Can you put into words why 89 years after his passing, so many people, Cantors and others, are are longing to hear his selections around the time of his yard site? Wow. That's an excellent question. <laughs> I, you know, he had soul. He had soul. And it was all about Neshama. While many other Chazanim had great voices and they could do unbelievable things. And had some Both. soul as well, we should say. It had some and, soul and as had well. Soul, but Yosela was also, he had a voice. But when Yosela started to sing, there was a cry there. In every piece, he was davening Tashem. And it just left an indelible impression on people. Was he discovered young? Like when he was 20, was he already cantering in places? Absolutely. Absolutely. He already, before his bar mitzvah, was wow. appearing in, in Sadegur. He was in Ukraine. He was, as a kid, he was a wunderkind. 
And then he started davening even before he got married. He had different positions in Europe, in Germany, in Poland, in Russia. He was, and people would flock from far and wide to come and hear him. He was so famous. Yeah, I can imagine. By the way, you're going to be in a neighborhood tomorrow night where people flocked from far and wide to come hear him, right? Weren't there, right. Weren't there appearances he had on the Lower East Side of Manhattan at times? Yes, he did appear in Beis Medrash Right. Um, and at least in one other shul, I'm just trying to, uh, the, the name is, of, uh, maybe I'm El- blanking on it. Maybe Eldridge Street, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, not sure. maybe, I don't know. Now, I don't want to misspeak, but, but yeah, the no Lower East Side is where everything went on when it came to Chazan. So, and it's hap- going back home. Yeah, it's happening again tomorrow night. Not that it hasn't before. I mean, uh, the, the, the synagogue where it's tomorrow night has been the home of uh, great cantorial uh, evenings uh, many, many times, including Shabbatot. Now, talk about the uh, – I, I mean, there's got to be a list of stuff when it comes to Kiddush Hashem because we know that he took representing the Jewish people very seriously, not just with the soul from the Bema, where he obviously was representing the Jewish people in front of the one above, but he took representing the Jewish people to the Hamon Am, and I'm talking about – you know, to the general public very seriously. What can you tell us about that? Right. So in, in, in the later years of his life, and remembering that he died only at the age of 51, right. so in the later years, uh, nearing 51, he did appear more before secular audiences. But he did not ever agree to appear in a place where either there would be mixed, some sort of mixed singing, uh, or that he would compromise anything to do with Shabbos, even if that meant, by the way, that the performance would start Matzei Shabbos, let's say five minutes after Nach. Right. He wouldn't agree to that because he figured that that would mean a lot of people would come on Shabbos. And he gave up tremendous amounts of money um, out of his conviction and being a from Yid. And I think part of what makes him so famous is that people associated him not just with being a phenomenal chazan, but with being a true Eved Hashem, somebody who when he davened, he lived the life of a of a Eved Hashem, not just right. getting up there to perform. And he had that look, right? And the look was important because people. I, I, am I right or wrong? Is it a myth that he was offered to that he was asked or that he was offered a lot of money to shave his beard? Was that was that a thing or or I, I don't know if it was or not? But the 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 reality is he 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 uh, he had that persona and that look, not just the voice of a real Jew, so to speak. Yes, by the way, I don't know about whether he was offered a lot of money, though I have heard that before. Yeah. I just don't know where I would source it. But Chazanim, on the Chazanim of his time, used to make fun of him. Ooh. They actually used to call him in Yiddish, burden you, like you have a, which is a, you have, you're, you're the bearded cantor. Because everybody else was clean shaven. They were coming to America, it was a new beginning. And he looked straight out of Eastern Europe. Right. And he didn't change. But that was part of what made him so great. Pretty amazing. Uh, tomorrow night, Cantor's World presents Remembering the King of Cantors, Yesler Roosevelt, on his 89th birthday. Uh, how did Cantor's World decide that these six chazanim that I mentioned would be the ones to commemorate Yesler? <laughs> anyway, I answer that question. <laughs> You're going to be in trouble. <laughs> I think I have to go now. <laughs> Maybe you could just say you pulled it out of a hat, you know. <laughs> uh, right. So, so I'll tell you what, I, what we did was we posted in different groups of Chazanim, and, we, and this event is different than usual. And usually we sell tickets, sponsorships. This is open to all. There's no charge to come. Um, and basically what we post and we said to the Chazanim, whoever wishes to participate, you know, you're welcome to come and join. It's his 89th yard site. He doesn't have, obviously, any children living. Right. Um, and we want to at least that someone, some Chazanim should remember the man who, by the way, every Chaznu goes for a probe to a shul 
he's going to be asked sing a piece from Rosenblatt. Really? So absolutely. <laughs> I remember when I tried out in Parkeys and before that at the Jury Center, the first thing they say to you is, "Can you sing us?" A selection from Rosenblatt. Oh it's the, it's like the national anthem of cantorial music. <laughs> um, so, so we chose, and what we look to do is we look to choose chazanim that are a little bit less known. So that part of the message is that, yes, while cantorial music is not what it was, but it continues to live on. And specifically, you have one chazan, it's more night, Mati Boyer, who when he sings, people actually compare his look and voice to Rosenblatt. Oh my gosh! It's, it's that incredible. must that must be pressure. I know Healthcott always had that pressure, right? Wow. Healthcott has that with Kosovitsky, right? With Kosovitsky, right? Right. With, uh, so, so you know, we chose young Chazanim, and, and it's incredible because some of the Chazanim that we'll sing tomorrow night have unbelievable voices, and this may be either the first or second time that they're actually performing in a formal setting. Um, so we're very excited about that. I mean, I have to assume it's going to be packed. You just said it's a free event, and, and Rosenblatt always attracts a crowd, so I, I guess it's going to be packed, no? Yes. Well, uh, again, based on the response that we've heard from people, I think there'll be a, a lot of people there. And you got to understand, even if we didn't have any chazanim that people know, right. the name Rosenblatt, it, yeah. it just people feel so strongly about him. They, there's such a warmth when it comes. He's such a legend that I think people would come out no matter what, but added to these wonderful young chazanim, I think hopefully we'll have a winning ticket tomorrow night. No, no question about that. And, and it's been a while since there's been a Cantor's World event. So I'm sure there are a lot of people just anxious to get out and hear the chazanim, you know? Yes. It, it, during COVID, we did everything online. And, right. you know, you could sing into a computer, yeah. but it's not the same as singing it to, to a live yeah. audience. Yeah, I bet. So people are excited to come out and see it. And also, by the way, let's not underestimate what the Lower East Side means to people. Right. Almost everyone I meet tells me, oh, you know what? My parents lived on the Lower East Side. My grandparents lived on the right. Lower East Side. So for many people, this is really going back home. No question about it. By the way, just back to the Cantus for a moment, I, I get that some of them are not as well-known as others, and, and that's one of the reasons you wanted to feature them, which is great. But you still probably, I assume, had to choose Cantus that you knew could do a Rosenblatt piece well, right? There, 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 have to be Cant there has to be a, I would assume, some type of uh, evaluation system among Cantus. Oh, he does this one well, he does this one well. I, I would assume part of it was you had to gather some guys that – that really could present Rosenblatt well. Yes, yes, and and that's another. It's a, that's a very good point because there are many chazanim that are great, but let's yeah. say they're greater at Kosovitsky. Right. Exactly. Even by the way, I think if you had my good friend Don Cantor Elfgott and you asked him, "What are you better at, Rosenblatt or Kosovitsky?" I'm 99 percent sure right. that he would say to you Kosovitsky because that's his kind of voice. Right. The Rosenblatt voice, you know this baritone slash tenor slash tremendous amount of emotion in the first note, it's a certain kind of personality and kind of voice. And I think the chazanim that we're putting up tomorrow really have that. All right. Um, what selection do you think we should play from Rosenblatt? Uh, if, we don't, if we don't do one, Yoichi Herzog's going <laughs> to have a big tide on me. What, what do you think? I mean, I have some of them in front of me here. Anything come to mind that you would do? Uh... Um, you know, Rosenblatt did a lot of, uh, first of all, he himself, all his compositions were his own. So he wrote over 200 compositions. But some of the famous ones are oh, Achenu, or I don't want to say Hinnini because not, we're not even in the summer. I don't want yeah. to think about Not that. even it's near Slichus <laughs> yet, right? <laughs> right, but Achazen's always thinking about the high holidays. That's right. <laughs> He's always living the high holidays, as I'm sure you but, are right but now. But the truth is, Nachum, anything you would pick from Rosenblatt, any piece, All right, so we'll has do this flavor of, of Neshama and Soul. All right, I'm assuming you're referring to Achenu Kolbeis Yisrael, right? That's the one you're talking exactly. about. All right, so we'll do that one here to wrap it up. And um, I, I just, I, I can't, um, I, I can't, uh, 
um, emphasize enough that that his his legacy is so much more than the music. You know, it's funny. I, I should have mentioned earlier. You know, so many compositions that we're familiar with, he actually wrote, as you just pointed out. But the legacy is so far beyond that because of the way he carried himself, the way he represented our people. I said, if you're into Kiddush Hashem, you're going to be into Rosenblatt, just the way he, uh, you know, he uh, uh, projected himself as a as a leader. That's how he was viewed, right? People looked at him like the rabbi, the leader. That's how he. That was how he was viewed. Um, and, right. cer- and certainly the cantor uh, of the Jewish people. So uh, that, that ha- cannot be minimized. Um, cantor Benny and I and everybody invite you to be part of Cantor's World tomorrow night because uh, they're going to be at the Congregation of Hassam Sofer, uh, which means that um, Rabbi Eugene Weiser, I'm sure, is going to be there, right? I would guess of he'll, course. I would guess and he'll and be there. And thanks to Eugene and the Shul that we're able to do it. And uh, best regards to, uh, to Rabbi Sif. And I would assume Charlie's going to be there. Am I right about that? Or, or? Nothing happens in Cantor's World without Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> so Charlie Birdhat, who you'll hear tonight on our network, everybody, during the Cantorial Hour uh, this evening. Uh, he's going to be there as well. And they'll all be remembering the King of Cantor's, Yassela Rosenblatt, on his 89th yard site. The lineup is as follows. Cantor's, Mutti Boyer, Aryeh Horowitz, uh, Pinya, uh, Pinya Steinwurzel, A.T. Friedman, Yechezkel Brecher, and Nisim Sal. Tomorrow night, 8 p.m., Congregation Hassam Sofer on 10 Clinton Street on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Cantor Benny, always a pleasure, sir. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much, Nachum, and look forward to seeing people there tomorrow. And here we go. Cantor Yassela Rosenblatt, JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. with Achenu done by Kentayus Rosenblatt. The event tomorrow night, uh, and I want to thank our friends at Kedem, uh, the Herzog family, Yoichi Herzog in particular, uh, for always encouraging us to remember and to keep alive the incredible selections and the incredible life of the great Cantor Yesler Rosenblatt. J.M. in the A.M., thanks for tuning in. 21 minutes after the hour on a Wednesday morning broadcast. Reminder, Yossi's Wag with a Wednesday live lunch is coming up. That's right, Yossi's Wag with a Wednesday live lunch is coming up starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Tomorrow, Rabbi Fass will join us. After all, it is uh, that time of year, Parsha Shlach in the uh, diaspora. 
We'll speak to Rabbi Fass of Nefesh Benefesh tomorrow in the 8 o'clock hour here at JM in the AM. More coming up. Keep it here on a Wednesday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. There are times when we are forced to go above and beyond to get involved for our communities, our families, and our future. If you see what's happening in New York, you know these are those times. New York needs leadership that puts public safety and common sense policies at the forefront. We are fortunate to have that leader in Assemblyman Jeffrey Dinowitz. In the New York State Assembly, he has fought for middle-class tax cuts, been an advocate for safe neighborhoods, and secured funding for our communities and nonprofits. Assemblyman Dinowitz has also been an outspoken voice against the rising anti-Semitic rhetoric in our politics. That's why it's crucial that our community comes out to vote for Assemblyman Dinowitz this election day. His socialist opponent has promised to defund the police, wants to raise taxes, and has aligned with anti-Semitic movements. This June 28th, let's ensure our community votes as one voice. We can't afford any less. Vote Jeffrey Dinowitz for the New York State Assembly. Paid for and authorized by Common Sense New Yorkers, Jeff Leb, Treasurer. Communication was not expressly authorized or requested by any candidate or by any candidate's political committee or any of its agents.
JM in the AM. Um, Yagati Dumbayakov Shweki. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at AH. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern, better for you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. And AH will make sure you are well prepared for grilling season. Yeah. We are in grilling season right now. No denying that. And um, our friends at A&H, with all their varieties of hot dogs, the only reminder I can give you is make sure you have plenty in your freezer and fridge. Big weekend coming up. Next week's the 4th of July weekend. Be a lot of grilling. Oh, and by the way, we have very few Sundays this summer. Shavasar Batamos and Tishabov are both Sundays. So when you have grilling days, really pack in the grilling. Yeah, you want to really, uh, you want to really commit yourself to, uh, you know, making it a major grilling session. Since we have limited Sundays this summer. Uh, anyway, kudos to A and H, and a big hello to our friends at A and H. Uh, Artscroll.com. There's a rule at Artscroll.com. Always use promo code radio. Simple as that. And by the way, the brand new book is out. I'm not just talking about Yisrael Besser's brand new book, Exalted Moments. I'm talking about the brand new Rabbi Nachman Seltzer's Zera Shimshon Ashes Chayil. That is the um, that is the brand new book. As I said earlier, there are 29 images on the back of the jacket under the section that says popular titles by Rabbi Nachman Seltzer. It's unbelievable how successful Baruch Hashem he is. He'll join us next week, please, God. We'll talk about the brand new book. Go to artscroll.com, order the book, make sure to use promo code radio. Go to artscroll.com, make sure to use promo code radio. If you think you um, if you think you should be at the big lunch birthday milestone celebration for Ralph Rosenbaum at Giddies, uh, then email us at and we will evaluate who we're going to invite to that celebration. When it's going to take place, I have no idea. <laughs> First, Ralph and B have to get back from Israel. And then we'll figure it out. But uh, if you think you should be there, just email us, nachum at com. Pay tribute to Chairman Ralph. Uh, if you don't receive our newsletter or our daily thread, make sure to write to Avrami. He'll take care of that, af at nachumsegel.com, af at nachumsegel.com. And uh, don't forget, Yassi's Wag hosts a Wednesday live lunch today, 11 until 1, a Wednesday live lunch, 11 a.m. until 1 p.m., uh, tune in. It's got all the brand new music. It's got a whole bunch of amazing stuff. Uh, he always does. And um, and you'll enjoy it. That I can guarantee you. 11 until 1 on the Nahum, Eastern Time on the Nahum Siegel Network. Yossi's Wag Live Lunch. Make sure to be tuned in. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM. <laughs> most amazing dream last night It was very thrilling and entrancing The world became a place so filled with light And in my dream Jews everywhere were dancing 
Because Mashiach had arrived, peace and love began to thrive. No more war, no more hate, a time to celebrate a And for the first time, my own oh my, since long ago at Har Sinai, Chaveirim Ko Hashem, we beg of you, please make this dream come true. By now it's surely known, we just can't do it on our own. And though for centuries, we've waited patiently. talk about the Jews they wondered how could we have been so wrong I think deep down they knew it all along because Mashiach had arrived peace and love began to thrive the whole world came to storm our gates but there's no gators it's too late and for the first time my oh my since long ago at Harsinai Hashem, we beg of you. We beg of you. Please make this dream come true. Since long ago at Harsinai, our nation 
There were six hundred people in my little town when they came on that cold winter day. I remember the crying, the running, the smoke, and the boxcars that took us away. On to each other and spoke words of hope, hiding the terror inside. There were six hundred people in my little town, but I, only I, would survive. I can still smell the fresh morning bread that I'd buy for Mama each day. Henyek, the baker, would first pinch my cheek, then hand me. We owe it to him He made our world so very sweet And wherever life leads you Never forget Sees good to Zawabayinayi and I were two of a kind like brothers the very best of friends playing all day in the streets of the shtetl growing from boys into men we would carry water to all of the shops for only five groschen a pail but first we learned Toyota in our little shul an hour or two without fail I'll never forget when the Shidduch was read Papa came up with the news Madik till my sister, oh, you say In no time the match was approved Blessed by the Heilige Rebbe himself A date for the wedding was set And whoever I met for the next week or two Said to me, soon you'll be were set, Henyik baked the sweets, Schneiderman finished the gown. Laughter and joy could be felt in the air, with music and all through the
Journeys off volume number five, My Little Town, and before that, um, before that, Chaverim Kol Yisrael here at JM in the AM. Um, reminder, tomorrow, Rabbi Josh Fast is going to join us, co-founder of Nefesh Benefesh. We'll talk about Parsha Shlach. That's what we do when we're about to reach Shlach in the diaspora. We talk about the Parsha with um, Rabbi Fast. Uh, they are not going to be reading Shlach in Israel. They've already done that. They did that last week. Will this become a topic tomorrow? Most likely. <laughs> and it's funny because after I do my rant tomorrow about this whole topic, I really should go back to the last time Rabbi Fast was on when there was this discrepancy in Parshios. I bet you it's the exact same rant. Maybe not. Maybe not exact same. I mean, I think I've perfected it, frankly. Anyway, that's tomorrow here. At JM in the AM. Yes, he's Zawag with a live lunch coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Make sure to be tuned in. Yes, he's Zawag. Thir- uh, Wednesday live lunch, 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. Here at the Nahum Siegel Network. All right. More coming up. Here's Eitan Katz.
J.M. in the A.M. with uh, Eitan Katz. We had Shlomo Katz sandwiched between two Eitan Katz selections here at J.M. in the A.M. <laughs> uh, Eitan had Vinacha and then, uh, and before that, Truma. And Nigun Nevo was done by Shlomo Katz here at J.M. in the A.M. We'll wrap up with Zusha in a moment. Uh, listener Morris says, May Hashem bless Shlomo Katz and all his amazing inspirations. Such a beautiful song. And boy, is Morris right. And Yaichi says, and of course, this is the great Yaichi Herzog. It's been an amazing part of this network for God knows how many decades at this point. Uh, Yaichi says, thanks for the uh, Yasela Zatzal piece. Yaichi H. in Bordeaux, France. Yaichi is in Bordeaux. Maybe enjoying a good Bordeaux. Who knows? Uh, we'll wrap things up with Zusha, Yassi Zweig, and a, th- and a Wednesday live lunch coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern time right here at the Nahum Siegel Network.
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, web at and the Nachumsegel Network, and of course, any beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Wednesday here at JMM. Thanks to all of our special guests. Don't forget tomorrow by Yoshua Fast, Parsha Schlach coming up in the diaspora. He'll join us in the 8 o'clock hour. Don't forget the brand new book, Rabbi Nachman Seltzer, is out. Zara Shimshon on Asha's Chayel. It is an amazing book. Order it now. Go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. Always use promo code radio at artscroll.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. Yes, he's wide with a Wednesday live lunch starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Make sure to be tuned in. Enjoy all the great new music and more. And until tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. <laughs>